0: Holy Spirit, please take the words I'm about to speak, the thoughts that will be in our minds, the words from your scripture, and set us free. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have you ever had an imaginary conversation with someone that you're mad at, where in your mind you just verbally reduce them to a blob of human jelly? Y'all you, you have done that, right? I'm not alone. Okay, I'm getting some yeses. Good. I'm not, I'm not the only freak. One of my favorite stories about Winston Churchill, uh, who's a great man, but also very human, was when he was at a party and a woman came up to him and said, Mr. Churchill, you're drunk. And he said, yes, madam, I am. And you are ugly. But I will be sober in the morning. Now, as a pastor, I'm not supposed to think that's funny, but I do. Partly, I mean, you just got to admire the wit, right? I mean, even when he's drunk, to be that witty. But also, we've all been mad before and sort of fantasized about having that perfect verbal comeback. We've been talking all winter long about how Jesus helps us break free from bondage. And today, I want to talk about anger and unforgiveness. Because anger, and I know unforgiveness isn't a word, but just go with me on it. Anger and unforgiveness in themselves can be a kind of bondage. But more importantly, anger and unforgiveness have the power to block God's liberating power from helping us to liberate us from any kind of bondage. What is your bondage? What do you want to break free from? Busyness, insecurity, addictions, whatever your bondage, the Bible says that you will not be able to break free from it until you first remove the anger and unforgiveness in your heart, because even when our bondage seems completely unrelated to anger, even when our bondage is something like busyness or a bad habit that we can't quit or or addictions or insecurity, whatever our bondage is, even when it seems completely unrelated to anger, we usually cannot break free from it until we first let go of the unforgiveness in our hearts because that unforgiveness blocks God's power to free us. God's spirit will not go where unforgiveness is. So if we've got unforgiveness in our hearts, we are blocking God's power from freeing us from any kind of bondage. Last week, I talked about two things that we have to do to cooperate with Jesus in being set free. The first is to confess our bondage to God and one other person. And then the other was to tell those thoughts that lead to bondage where to go. And several of you this week have said to me, Pastor, thanks for the advice. I've been telling my thoughts to go to hell all week. It's working. So... It's always encouraging to know that you're paying attention the, the only thing my eight year old daughter remembers from last week's sermon was the Burger King song. So she's been singing, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce all week. I'm making a difference. My point is last week was there are two things we have to do to break free in the next two weeks. I want to talk about two things we have to remove from our lives because they block God's power to set us free from anything and unresolved anger is one of them. For starters, anger and unforgiveness themselves can become a kind of bondage. Now, I want to be clear. The Bible says that anger is not a sin. Anger is a normal response to being wronged. And lots of people in the Bible are angry. I mean, especially the Psalms. Very angry people wrote the Psalms, apparently. My favorite is Psalm 139, where David is just going on and on about how great God is and saying things like, how precious are your thoughts, O God. But then suddenly in the next verse, he just, he just busts out. He says, oh, that you would slay the wicked. And he just suddenly kind of explodes. Have You ever done that? You know, maybe you're driving down the road, listening to Christian music, singing along unto thee, O Lord. Right? <laughs> then someone cuts you off. Oh, that you would slay the wicked. <laughs> Do I lift up my voice? <laughs> All right. You ever done that? We all do that. Anger is a normal response. And and anger can even be productive if it's channeled appropriately. Millard Fuller got so angry at homelessness that he started Habitat for Humanity. There is such a thing as righteous anger. And even Jesus got angry. But the Bible says be careful. Anger, even though it's not a sin, is potent stuff. So be careful that in your anger you do not sin. Because if we let anger and unforgiveness fester, if we feed it, if we seek revenge, it becomes bondage. We end up being consumed by rage. It makes us constantly think about that one person that we most want to forget about. Plus, it can become the root cause of all kinds of other bondages. For instance, if if we become bitter people, folks don't want to be around us. That leads to the bondage of loneliness. Anger and unforgiveness can lead us to turn to the bondage of alcohol or pornography and various addictions just to numb out the pain of life. It can even lead to the bondage of ill health sometimes because of the stress that it causes us. As I've said before, nursing a grudge is like taking poison hoping your enemy will die. It's bondage. And I know some of you have had some terrible things done to you and and you have a right to be angry. That is the normal response. And certainly forgiveness doesn't mean we're doormats. You know, and and if you are in some kind of situation where you are getting abused, you need to get out of that so that you can be safe. But when anger simmers and it turns into unforgiveness and when we feed it, it becomes a bondage. But worse than that, worse than the bondage of anger is that anger and unforgiveness can block God's power to free us from any form of bondage. Last week I said that God, uh, the, the spirit of God is like an oxygen hose that brings life to dying people as long as we don't step on the hose. Unresolved anger and unforgiveness are one of the ways that we step on the hose and block God's power. So if our bondage is lust or overspending or even some health issues, chances are the but part of the reason we're not breaking free from that is because we have some unforgiveness in our hearts that is blocking God's power and we may not even know it. We see this all the time in our inner healing prayer ministries. Folks come with all kinds of bondage, insecurity, depression, addictions. And at the root of many of them, not all of them, but at the root of many of those is unforgiveness and unresolved anger. And when folks are able to pray through that and forgive, the bondage, whatever it is, is broken. Even if that bondage seemingly had no relationship to anger at all. Throughout scripture, Jesus links forgiveness with breaking free, because when we forgive, we remove the barriers that we've erected that block God's power. And so he can set us free. I think that's what Jesus means in the text that Dana just read, where he says, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. Now, I don't think that Jesus is saying that anger is the unforgivable sin. That would contradict the entire New Testament. All sin can be forgiven if we turn to Jesus. I think what Jesus is driving at is that unforgiveness, unlike lots of other forms of bondage, block God's power to set us free, not because God is mad at us, but because our unforgiveness shuts him out. God is all about reconciliation and relationships and anger and unforgiveness are the opposite of that. So when we have unforgiveness in our hearts, we are pushing God out of our heart. And the more we push God away, the less of his power we have to break us free from any kind of addiction, loneliness, busyness, whatever it is, you name it. Unforgiveness blocks God's power to free us from anything. Let me give you an example. Driving is always kind of a spiritual challenge for me. I can get very angry at people who are going slowly, particularly if it's in the left lane, which in my opinion is a violation of God nature and all that's decent. Now, I, you know, I don't honk or I don't do rude gestures when I'm on the east side because it might be one of you and that would be awkward. But inside, there's, there's, this, there's this anger. But if I just dig a little, the real issue is I'm overscheduled. So I'm in a hurry. And if I dig a little deeper still, the reason I'm overscheduled is I'm trying to do everything everyone wants me to do so they'll like me. And if I dig a little deeper still, the reason I'm trying to please people is because I feel insecure. And if I dig a little deeper still, that insecurity comes from wounds from my past. And if I dig all the way down, For rock bottom, the the issue is I'm still mad at those people and I haven't forgiven them and I haven't let go of it. I'm not thinking about it every day, but it's there. So that wound isn't healing because of unforgiveness. And that's the real bondage. That's where the real bondage is. The angry and traffic, busy thing, that's just the symptom. Tip of the iceberg. The root cause deep down is unforgiveness. And that unforgiveness blocks God's power to free me from all the other things. Busyness, whatever else it is. My anger convinces me that my bondage is, is not in here, but it's out there with all of you slow-driving people. You're the problem. And then I kind of hang on to that, and that pushes God away, and, and I block his power to free me from the real issue, which is deep inside. Now, it doesn't. it's not always that complex. Sometimes we're just frustrated or whatever. But in general, unforgiveness blocks God's power to free us from any kind of bondage, even if that bondage seems unrelated to anger. Unforgiveness is to the bondage-breaking power of God what a blood clot is to an artery. It blocks it. So, if we want to break free from lust or depression or just about anything, the first step in many cases, not all, but in many cases, will be to let go of anger and unforgiveness. And sometimes it's buried so deep we don't even know we have it. I mean, you might, might, might be thinking, I don't have unforgiveness in my heart. That may be. But if you pray and if you dig real deep, you might find that you have some unresolved anger and unforgiveness you don't even know is there, but it's driving the other bondages. Break the unforgiveness, you'll break that bondage. So how do we do that? How do we get rid of the unforgiveness and the anger that is sometimes so deep inside we don't even know it's there? Well, the first thing is you've got to pray about it. We cannot do this alone. We need Jesus. So say, Jesus, show me where I may have unforgiveness in my heart I'm not even aware of. And then Jesus, help me forgive that other person. Sometimes it's very helpful to imagine yourself standing right next to that person at the foot of the cross and looking up into Jesus' face and realizing that he's dying for you and your sins, just like the other person's. And then ask Jesus for the power to forgive. And yes, that person may have done some terrible things to you. And yes, anger in some ways is a normal response. But let God deal with that person. Let God teach any lessons that need to be taught to that person so that you can let go of it. Prayer. Second way, out of anger, is to seek reconciliation. In the past, I've recommended to you what I call the gaps method. Go to the person. Don't avoid them. Admit you're part of the conflict, because that makes it more likely that person will admit their side. Pray, and then stay. Gaps. Now, sometimes you'll do all, do all of that, and the other person won't cooperate. That's why the text says, insofar as up, it is up to you, seek reconciliation. That is, we need to do the best we can to seek reconciliation, but sometimes the other person, they just won't play along. Or they're unavailable. Or they're dead. In that case, we need to let it go in our heart. And if you're having a hard time doing that, please get an appointment with our inner healing prayer ministries. Miracles happen there all the time. And then there's a third way to get out of anger and unforgiveness. And that's the way our text is recommending. And that is to bless the person you're mad at. The text says to bless those who hurt you. Pray for them. If they're hungry, feed them. Now, again, this doesn't mean that we open ourselves up to be hurt over and over again. We need to protect ourselves. But we can still bless those people, even from a distance, by praying that God gives them good things. By asking God to make them feel secure in His love, to fill them with His joy, to to bless them. Because when we bless those who hurt us, we release spiritual power. And that person starts to seem more human, like us, with needs and hurts and pains, And that helps us forgive them more. And the anger begins to go away. Turns out it's very hard to stay mad at someone you're trying to bless. Plus, this is just enlightened self-interest. I mean, because if 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 they do experience God's joy and God's love, chances are they'll be nicer people and they'll be nicer to us too. It's just enlightened self-interest. The text at the end says this very odd thing. It says to bless those who hurt us because by doing that, we heap burning coals on their forehead. Well, that can't be a good thing, right? I mean, it sounds like the text is saying, be nice to the people who are mean to you because that'll make them feel really rotten and they'll just burn with guilt and shame. And won't that be fun to watch? That can't be the meaning because that would contradict the entire context. It wouldn't make any sense. There are two possible meanings of that phrase, to heap burning coals on someone's head. First is, in Jesus' time, carrying burning coals was a sign of repentance. So the gist would be that blessing our enemies will make them change their ways and act nicer. But there's another interpretation, which I, I like better, and that is that, you know, back then there were no matches. So if your fire went out in your house, folks would go to a neighbor's house with a clay pot and ask for some burning coals. And they'd put it in the pot and carry it back on, on pads on their heads. And then they'd reignite the fire in their own house. In other words, when we bless those who hurt us, we reignite the fires of love in those people's hearts. And that frees us not only from anger, but then we also remove... The unforgiveness that is blocking God's power to free us from all kinds of other bondages as well. It is, turns out, in our best interest to forgive. I told this story to men's fraternity about, about a year ago. There were two people not from this church who I was mad at, and I will call them Mr. X and Mrs. Y. And Mr. X and Mrs. Y were doing things I perceived to be slowing down our building process. Now, everything's okay now. We're on track. In fact, you're going to see some action up there in a couple of months. But then I was angry. And this anger was creating other kinds of bondages around me. I was getting worried. It was, it was kind of depressing me. I was getting grouchy, which was turning into bondage for the staff. You know, our poor business manager got some emails that weren't kind of unpleasant for me. So I asked the elders to pray for me. I asked our Monday night prayer group to pray for me. And a little while later, I was talking to Greg Milliken, who's our youth pastor here. And he, I told him all this and he said, Scott, someone's trying to steal your joy and your unforgiveness is blocking God's power to free you and make you more joyful. So here's what you need to do, Scott. And you need to pray that God would bless Mr. X and Mrs. Y. And I thought, well, I can think of a s- few Psalms. I'd like to pray for them, but <laughs> blessing, not so much. And Greg said, well, look at it this way. If they experience God's love and God's joy, they'll be nicer and they'll probably treat us better. So I prayed. I started to pray. And I got to admit at first it was a little forced. You know, God bless Mr. X and Mrs. Y. <laughs> Maybe with an eternal reward, right? <laughs> but then I mellowed out a little bit and I actually started to pray real blessings on them. I said, Jesus, give them your joy. Make them feel your love. Give them security. What? Give them what they need to feel secure. Where they've been hurt, Jesus, would you heal those wounds? And Jesus, while you're at it, Would you forgive me? Because I'm a big jerk. Well, as I prayed, I started to feel physically lighter. It was like a backpack was being lifted off my shoulders. And and then Greg Greg grabbed my hand, which was uncomfortable for me, but I survived. (laughs) And he started to pray. He said, Jesus, fill Scott up. Fill Scott up with more of your love, more of your peace, more of your joy. Jesus, bless this man. And all of a sudden, my hand got hot where Greg was touching it, and and I started to smile. Only I wasn't doing the smiling. It was like someone was pushing my face into a smile. I even tried not to smile, but I couldn't not smile. It was like my cheeks were filled with helium. They were just kind of going up, right? And I started to laugh because I thought it was funny to have helium cheeks. And the anger was gone. And I had this sense of peace and this sense of joy. And that has changed my relationship with Mr. X and Mrs. Y. Ever since then, I can't work up the same kind of anger. And I just, I approach them differently, and I, I deal with them with a lot more peace and a lot more kind of just comfort around my relationship with them. Blessing them broke the bondage of anger. But more than that, when I removed the unforgiveness that was blocking God's power, all kinds of other bondages got broken as well. Worry, grumpiness, fear, sadness, replaced with joy and peace. Greg was right. I wasn't just in bondage to anger. My unforgiveness was blocking God's power to set me free from a whole lot of other stuff. And all I can say is I'm really glad that we've hired these younger guys like Greg to be on staff so that I can mentor them. <laughs> Help them mature. They're, they're learning tons from me. They're so lucky. <clears throat> when we forgive, we unleash holy power that frees us from all kinds of things, not just anger. A while back, I I watched the television coverage of the sentencing of Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer. And the families of the victims were allowed to address him. And person after person was saying things to him like, you're scum. You're an animal. I hate you. Completely understandable in light of his crimes. And in fact, as each person talked, I found myself thinking, yeah, you are scum, buddy. You're scum. But then this one woman got up and she talked about the pain of losing her daughter. But then she talked about Jesus and how she had found strength in him. And then she took a deep breath and she let it out and she said, Gary Leon Ridgway, I forgive you. And even through the TV, you could just feel this rush of energy go through the room, this enormous sense of burden that was being lifted. It was the only time that Ridgway showed any emotion at all, he he started to cry. It was bondage breaking. Hard to say, I'm sure. Must have taken that woman years to get to that point. But it was liberating. Now that doesn't mean that Ridgway shouldn't be punished. He should be punished. He's not a safe person. He's a dangerous man. But when that woman spoke mercy and forgiveness, she lifted not only her own burden of anger and pain, but she removed a blockage. She got her foot off the hose and unleashed the power of the Holy Spirit and he started to break all kinds of other bondages as well. So what's your bondage? A bad habit? Insecurity? Even sometimes financial problems. The root cause of many of these, not all, but many, is unresolved anger and unforgiveness. And that unforgiveness blocks God's power to free us from all kinds of bondages, even if they seem unrelated. So this week, will you spend some time with Jesus? Will you spend some time with Jesus and say, Jesus, show me where I might have some anger and unforgiveness in my heart that i don't even know about and then pour out your pain to jesus and experience his forgiveness of you and ask his help in forgiving others and then ask him to bless that person that you're mad at forgiveness is the fuel of the kingdom forgiveness is the fuel of the kingdom and when we forgive we unleash holy power that tears down strongholds smashes chains and shatters the bondage not just of anger but just about every other kind of bondage you can imagine Forgiveness is the fuel of the kingdom. So this week, will you forgive so that you can be set free? Lord, this is hard to do. Easy to say, but hard to do. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come alongside of us, that you would reveal to us the places of hurt and pain in our own lives. Help us to give those to you. And then, Lord, would you give us your strength and your power to connect with your forgiveness and to extend it to others so that we can be free.